Hi, it's Jeff Seabach from The Solution, where we put the consumer first in real estate. Today, my uh, distinguished guest is Kimberly Childs, a top performer on the Seabach team. Welcome, Kimberly Childs. Thank you. I'm happy to be here today. Right, and I particularly chose Kimberly because of her beaming personality, of course, and her outstanding skill in selling houses. So, um, Kimberly, we were putting together a list of the top five things to get people off to their best career ever. Okay. Now, uh, before we get into that, we'd like to do, we're going to do a deep dive a little bit about you, why you got into the business, and where do you get that drive from? Maybe a little bit about the you know your kids. Um, okay. We'll recap what the top two things were, as we're going to probably give them three and four over the next two episodes. But uh, before we get into the 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 tips, like tell us about like who is Kimberly Child? Who is Kimberly? Well, I am a Wisconsin native. Okay. Um, I've I'm married with two children. We just became empty nesters. Wow. In January, so pretty excited about that. And um, my career was military. So right out of high school, I went active duty army. And um, popped in and out of active, and 2015 rolled around. How long were you in the service for? I've been in a long time. It's been a while. More than 10 years, less than oh, yeah. 20? What to say over 20. Okay, over 20 years. Over so 20. thank you so much for your service, oh, most welcome. of all. I mean, yeah. obviously, in, uh, during this tough time, war time, it's, you feel super sensitive for everybody that you know in the military and thankful for yeah. the service. So thank you so much. Thanks. All right, so second career. Is that yes? Okay. So what is that? I mean, how like is it like you're you're sitting somewhere, you know, uh, eating dry food, and you're thinking, <laughs> okay, well, what do I want to do next? Like, how do you get? Well, it? yeah. Well, so we knew we wanted to be in Arizona, and um, I was fortunate to have the military transition me out here. My husband's never been military. Mm -hmm. um, he's a civil engineer, and so he picked up a new self-employment basically he formulated his own new career okay which which had him here so he couldn't relocate and start again his his base. right he did a local based business type yes. activity and therefore he's tied to what it is so when yes. you moved out here with the service you were like I don't I don't want to move again after after when it's time for me to relocate I don't I got my kids in great schools Did you move a lot in the service? Um I did not not after I had a family because I was active guard reserve which is your active duty but you are local and you support reserve soldiers. So I had the I had the comfort of that mm -hmm. um once I transitioned back to an active status so to speak. So I was in corporate America for a little bit and was a reservist the whole time. Oh, okay. And then I went back active. So what did you do in corporate America? Corporate America, I was a program manager for health associations. Okay, what so does that mean? Basically a meeting planner, fancy meeting planner. Oh, awesome. So, um, but I knew, I knew I didn't want to be a geographical bachelor, is what we call military folks who have to separate from their families. Say that again. A, a geographical bachelor. Okay. Where my family is in one state, and now I now have to relocate to a new state because mama's baby's got to be with her. Okay. So meaning that you're separated from your family, so it's like being a bachelor, even though it you're is. married because you're 
yeah. traveling with the service and it's just a tough life. So I was like, what am I going to do? I'm ready to transition back into the reserve. I don't want to stay active. I don't want to move anymore. And my mom was like, you need to become a realtor because you're still a fanatic over houses. Okay. So thanks, mom. Was mom yeah. ever in real estate? No, she was not. No? No. GM employee. GM, the General Motors employee, and was yeah. like, why? Well, I mean, but where does she get, like, you, just because you're vivacious personality? I or? know. I must get it from her. And so she re she retired out here. Okay. Um, In 05. And so mom lives in, so what you're uh, in Peoria is mom in, in the Northeast She is Valley? now, she's now in Goodyear with my um, brother because she went to school and got a degree in preschool education and became a teacher up awesome. in Clarkdale. Yeah, there you for go. For another 15 years. So, um, but yeah, she was like, you know, you need to become a realtor because you have, a, you still go into open houses. You still look at houses. You still know every market. Um, because it took us over two years to purchase because we purchased right after the crash. Oh, so we were competing. meaning like 2009, 2008, 2010, when did 2000, between 2010 and 2012 is when we began our home search. Okay. So you end up getting in somewhere around 2012 then or 13? Yep. We landed a house. We found the one you live in now. That's correct. Okay. But at that point you were not a realtor. I was not. Okay. I was not. Didn't oh, even... but my, your mom was like, you just love that. I think that, that you could yeah. pursue a career in that. And you had a little bit of support because you had something coming from the service or no? Um. Well, Noel, my my spouse, was his business had picked up and it was beginning okay. to thrive. So he's got a thriving business. He's yes. good. He's comfortable. So it allowed you to be a little more choicey. Definitely. Okay. Good yeah. deal. All right. Yeah. So then... You buy the house in 12 or 13? Um, November 2012. Okay. And then what year do you get your license? September 2015. Oh, oh wow. So it was considerably. It was, yeah. It was pretty, pretty quick. Okay. Yeah. Good deal. All right. So um, just a little, because we're this, this, you know, we're in season five. We're focusing on helping new agents kick off their career, mm -hmm. even though it would work for, because the tactics that we're going to talk about can work for whether you are coming off of a tougher year, okay. if you change, if you maybe relocate it to a new market, all these things are going to help them no matter what. Definitely. But so tell us a little bit about the decision making process. How do you choose what, where do you start in real estate? Um, meaning what, when I'm, when where'd I'm you go in 2015? Where, where, like, where'd you interview oh. first? Like, how did you choose brokerage? How did you, you know? So it was pretty interesting. My husband, um, has a small home inspection company. Okay. So he was privy to working with everyone in the Valley. So he would come home and tell me what brokerages were great, which ones were buttholes. I like this team, you know, this broker is good. And so he, and and um, so during school, I actually, the particular person over this team was actually an instructor at the real estate school too. So I got to okay. engage. Did you take it online or did you take it in class? I took it in class. Class. Yeah. Okay. And then one of the classes, which by design, of course, um, is was recruiting people to the brokerage. And because the hubby was like, they're cool. You went mm -hmm. and you just started with them. Yeah, I started with them. The um the the realtor that I that basically brought me in it was with Keller Williams. Okay. Um, 
which is which was great back then for um absolutely no they had a great when and, you're looking to get started uh they're pretty good at it. the world's uh, largest brokerage i think still currently mm -hmm. with over 170,000 agents yeah it makes sense right and they have and they're known for the training so. oh my yeah oh yeah so the training was awesome and the realtor stayed on me like for a year and a half and he was just he was just on you're saying from the point in which you start taking classes the, yeah. the who was trying to recruit you they Definitely. were well they were known for their recruiting actually mm -hmm. i mean the company we're with exp came from that base of recruiting agents because yep. they have kind of a you know a level system or a multi-level system as well okay yeah so you go with keller williams for uh how long until you interview with the CBOC team? Um, so I'm there for almost a year and a half. Okay. And I'm at the point to where, okay, I'm, I've gotten the hang of this, you know, I'm, I'm building my confidence. Um, now I kind of want to keep, you know, a little bit more money in my pocket. Cause when you're new, the splits tend to be larger. Of course. Where you no, it's, it, I think it's so hard and it's part of the reason why the failure I think is in the industry. Mm -hmm is because it's harder to get going because you gotta i mean you gotta get an education first but mm -hmm. it's i don't think it's originally pitched to you that you're going to be paying for education as you go up front exactly. like i don't think that it's really like just getting get going but there's mm -hmm. really there's some fees associated with it. oh definitely definitely so I got to the point where I was like, you know what? I think it's time for me to move around. Keller has been awesome, but I think it's time for me to spread my wings. Okay. And as always. Were you an individual practitioner when you were at Keller Williams or were you on the team? Um, Individual. I had been approached, but the team concept just didn't seem beneficial for me. And for many people feel it's not. Okay. Yeah. So, of course, what a lot of us do is we reach out to those um, agents that we look up to that are in a mentor yep. capacity to us. And so I reached out to a former, um, I, I reached out to an agent and um, who I highly respected. Okay. And she was like, Kim, you need to come, you know, you need to come join my team. You need to meet with with Phil and um, and um Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> and okay. I was like, oh, you're on a team. I don't know. I don't think I'm going to do a team. Was this friend doing well? She was. Okay. He was doing well. Um, and um, and then I had another, there were two other companies um, that I had real, real estate agent friends that they were with them and I was going to go to them because they just had the administrative fee per transaction. Okay. Um, so long story short, I was like, okay, I'll go meet with, um, it won't hurt. I kind of know where I'm going already, but I'll, uh -huh. what yep. the heck. And, um, so long story short, you, you joined the SIBA team. Awesome. It. Good deal. All right. So, uh, fast forward 2020, you're having your best year ever best that year. year you're ever. selling 30 plus houses, right? You're having a killer year. So then maybe you decided to cruise maybe a little more into 2021? You know, it's not that I decided to cruise. I was overwhelmed. Oh, okay, good. I was exhausted um, because a lot of people see, for whatever reason, they see the glamour. In real I love day. exhausted because that is just the truth. Right? Well, let's is. talk about that, right? I mean, Because this market is, let's go a little bit into just how burnout can play mm -hmm. a factor into it. So tell us about it. Yep. 
So you figure when you're when you're doing um, that many deals, um, you're doing at least you've got at least three contracts going a month. Right, three to four in a, a month. You know, and so you're cooking. holding whether they're listings or buy or you know buyers, you're holding their hand. So you've got all three of these individuals. You're you're holding their hand. You may or may not. I was a newer agent. My production wasn't that high, so I didn't feel the need for a transaction coordinator. Yes, I felt like I had time to well, do it all myself. Excellent. Well, but it's it, here's the thing is, is, um, you know, you start out in a business and you're, you know, your first couple of deals, you're on a 50 50 split or something like that, mm -hmm. pretty much wherever you go. Mm -hmm. And then you're, you're looking to make some money and now you're finally making money. And now yeah. you're like, wait a minute, this is a lot of work. Mm -hmm. Right. And then of instead work. of, instead of like, oh my goodness, um, cause it's hard to think, Okay, now I need to hire someone because you just start going. Yeah. Right? You've only been in the business three or four years, and you're mm -hmm. like, you know, because it's yeah. it's a dilemma. It is. Of, do I want to give up business or and give up money by mm -hmm. hiring a transaction coordinator? So you say, huh? -uh, I'm just gonna rough yeah. it myself. Okay. Yeah. And so for a couple, I think 2020 was probably the first year I actually started using a transaction coordinator here and there. Um, and, uh, but what, how many transactions were you like consistently? Because if you think about it, cause I think this is the bigger challenge for everybody is mm -hmm. when do I get help? When do I add and help? Cause that's yeah. part of the decision. So because 2019 was a, a decent year, you're ready to think it of it. Like once you have four five, six in escrow, I mean, what's the point where you're like, I have oh to, I mean, I think yeah. it was a month where you had like five closings in a month or six closings in a month and then you had like seven or eight deals and at that point yeah. you're like yeah i actually i think my highest month that year could have been i think it was six it would have been seven but one fell out and then um but that's the case in today's so, yeah. marketplace like there the, you you're gonna have to put eight under contract if you want six to close like yeah, that's definitely just, like just there's more it seems like there's more cancellations than ever before but go ahead so I was exhausted. I was exhausted. I was running all the time. It was 14-hour days easily. I was working Monday through Sunday, so no days off. And holiday came, the Christmas came and I was in New Year's. You know, we tend to slow down just a little bit because even realtors got to, you know, enjoy, enjoy life. Days. Yes, exactly, right? <laughs> and so I think I ended up I made the mistake of transitioning into January like I just need to pump the brakes a minute. You know, right. I just need some me time. So even though we're going to talk, not talk about this as being in top five, you chose to pump the brake because you were just overworked. I was overworked. I I was tired of picking up the phone every five minutes. Because it does exhaust you. Right? It does. Yep. You know, showing, you know, showing multiple homes, multiple homes. And well, I mean, this is good because uh, in Sharon's example of number one, it was to get a mentor. And number two was it's not a nine to five job just no. recapping right so number one top five things was first we said she said get a mentor and number two is it's not a nine to five job mm -hmm. but then that means that you have to go when you are tired yeah and it leads to exhaustion yep. that's why i'll just kind of bring <laughs> us back well yeah but then when you let it get to you right mm -hmm. meaning mm -hmm. what happened yeah. so what happened in 2021 so you you came so in a little yeah i came in a little slow um because as you've stated before in trainings you have to keep picking up the phone because if you don't keep picking up the phone no matter how crazy it is when you are ready 
to kick it in again, the phone isn't ringing as much. So now you're, I found myself playing catch up. And then 2021 was a little tougher than 2020 because the market was getting more and more competitive for buyers. And the and I would say 60% of my clientele was were buyers. Well, you're writing 60 offers to win 20 houses. Yep. Right. So you're just way more like it, yep. it's, you know, everybody you're working with has written two or three offers and you're you're losing a lot. And yeah. then, you know, you, you it just wears on you. Right. Yeah. So even though your funnel is full. Um, but it's hard to pick. It's on. hard to keep picking up the phone to what you said. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. when that's happening, you got you got your five A buyers. And you got your four under contract, but now you're writing extra offers. Extra right? offers. And then the phone's ringing and it's hot because then you tend to what? Get to it a little bit later. Get, yeah. Right? Yeah. You kind of like, well, I am nervous because I don't want to lose the stuff that I work so hard to get exactly. under contract. Exactly. Because when you write a contract for somebody three, four, seven, eight times, right? Because yeah. we've heard stories about that, not saying that was you. But now you get them under contract and you're like, I I have to give them all attention because it's going to be harder to get them back under, yes. right? Yes. Like, it's the challenge of today's market and why I wanted to thank you for giving us a little more time about talking about that. But it is why agents do take time because yeah. they do get exhausted. But yeah. it's just the reality of what happens. It is. Okay. So now you kind of laid it out for us. So... Come in, so maybe 2021 was a few deals off of what 2020 was, right? Because yes. you came in a little, so now you're like, I want to have my best year ever. So yes. I got Kimberly Childs all fired up, right? Like this year, right? So the goal was to get to 40 transactions? Yes. Okay. All right. So Kimberly, so um, back to our list. Number one, I said was mentor, mm -hmm. right? Number mm -hmm. two, Sharon said it was... Flexibility. Flexibility. Thank you. So what do you think is the third most important thing for an agent thinking I got to have five, you know, five things that I'm going to focus on this year to, to, to get off to the right track? What do you think is number three? Precrastination. I want to become a precrastinator. Kimberly, you know what? I've been in the business 18 years. I've sold close to 4,000 houses. I've never heard of pre. pre she said precrastination now of course most of you will know the old famous word procrastinator which yeah. is what what does a procrastinator do you just you put it off you put it off you put it off you get to it when you get to it or you just don't end up getting to it because Fact. you think you have time or you'll find the time Whereas, and with me, that was my common denominator. I would put things off. And a lot of times it was because of the intimidation factor. I'm not quite ready to pick up the phone and talk with that buyer. Because you were intimidated because it just happened. You you wanted time to, I don't know. Yeah, I got to I gotta look at the market. I got to cruise the neighborhood. I got to go preview. I got to well, go. I, but I mean, I almost think that that's a disease is mm -hmm. that you, I mean, I'm sorry. It's not a disease, but it can, it leads you to trouble. Because now you're creating all of these hurdles yep. when really you should just what? Just do it. Just Take charge. It's when your procrastination is the act of charging forward with the quickest action. Yeah. Like I, it's funny because when we were in the green room, Kimberly and I, and I was like, Kimberly, I've never heard of this word. I was like, where did you get it? 
And she said, I made it up. And I, there's nothing better than that, right? Like, so, so what is it you called it? The what? Precrastination is the act. It's the act of just charging forward without the with with the quickest action. So I'm not hesitating. I'm not worried about. And when you charge forward, when you just move on it quickly, um, it leaves room for errors or more errors than if you would have taken time to do the homework or think it out. Um, for example, it's like I just finished um, eating a plate of dinner and I take my plate over to the sink and yeah. instead of putting it in the dishwasher or leaving it in the sink, I'm going to wash it now. Yeah, it's kind of like the uh, the rattlesnake, right? When mm -hmm. you get near their, when you get near them, they strike first and ask questions later, yeah. right? Yeah. You're saying the act of charging forward with the quickest action. That's why I was thinking like yeah. a snake. Okay. Like, yeah. No, but you're saying, okay, so let's kind of go through some examples of um, maybe old Kimberly mm -hmm. and now re-energize Kimberly yes. as a precrastinator. So, okay. So you tend to work leads, correct? I do. You do, yeah. right? Because it's always a great way to grow your business. And we think the best way to uh, grow your own business is by uh, chasing leads to expand your sphere. But okay, so you get a lead. So you get a, let's go with a, a Zillow lead or mm -hmm. a Google pay-per-click lead. With the pre-crastination mindset, what happens? How did what did you used to do? So with the what I would do is I would get the text or however I'm notified. You get an alert. I get an alert. Okay. I get an alert and I'll look at it and I may be at my desk doing something and I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm gonna get to it in the next hour. That's still quick. You know, now I'm like, nope, I'm a procrastinator now, not a procrastinator. I, I mean, it's just, just it's hot, baby. It's because hot. I love it. I want to, I want to exceed what I did the year before and, and in 2020. I love, dude, like it's just right in your goals. Like I'm just going to do is. this better than I did it before. Yes. And I'm going to. And I say it, but I'm like, I'm ready to act it. I'm ready to do it. Great. So in this scenario, I pick up the phone and I call. Normally, I would start with a text because it's the easy way out. Okay. That, hey, it's okay. So you. But you I text call. Back? No, I call. Oh, See, you all procrastinating. Oh, oh. But a text. I'm following up. I'm I like, love no, that. I'm calling. You just said that procrastinating was sending a text. Well, yeah. Right, because oh, wow. you have the opportunity yeah. to do better. Yeah, I put it down. Well, now it's on them to respond. I'm like, nope, I'm picking up the phone. So I can't worry about rejection. I can't worry exactly what I'm going to say, but I'm just going to I'm gonna call them. So I called her, did the buyer booklet basically over the phone with her. Um, and we and I just go right away into discussing the, you know, just the just the topics that we discuss in the buyer booklet, um, because I want to just right away get her prepared for what her options are. She wasn't pre-qualified. She wanted to do cash. I'm like, no, you still need to get pre-qualified. So I'm just kind of breaking down some of everything. I'm giving her area expertise and knowledge of the market and all of this information. So at the end of the phone call, I tell them, well, I'm going to send you my business card. I'm going to text it to you so you can have my immediate contact information. Procrastinating Kim would have taken a day or two to get really text that out. So as soon as I got off the phone, I text her that information immediately. I text her our preferred lenders information immediately. 
and um, she responded to me, you know, my friend so-and-so is here and she really liked a lot of what you said and she's also interested. Yeah, uh, dude, of course, because you were on it. You led to more opportunity, not yeah. less. Go figure, well, yeah. right? And so old Kim would have been like, oh, okay, that's nice. Um, have her call me. Whereas she actually texted me the phone number and her name and I right away responded or the old Kim would have been like, oh, okay, I'll call her. And I was like, what time is a good time to call her today? Right. And they told me 2 p.m. I set an alarm in my phone so that I wouldn't get on the road driving or whatever, being right. like a showing. Right. I set an alarm on my phone for 2 p.m. and I called Celeste at 2 p.m. Bam. Bam. Yeah. So, like, just to make it even sound even better, because that just sounded awesome from Kimberly. But the reason why she is having her best fourth quarter ever. Kimberly has 11 houses under contract, already closed, I think, six or seven. But we're going to be 11 for the first quarter, on pace mm -hmm. to do over 40 deals. Yes. Because of, you're a precrastinator, yes. not a post-crastinator. Well, and, and you made the statement before, abundance mindset. Right. So, you know, you just you just have to be open and you have to manifest manifest what you're Excellent. And then for people. those we mentioned, the buyer booklet, the buyer booklet is a market-based document that covers supply, demand, and prices because we find that that is a, just a core thing to review with people to make sure that they understand because we have low supply and you got to explain it to them. Awesome. All right. So, um, you know, I uh, I love it. I, I, I just think it's actually pretty easy to tell why you're having your best year ever because mm -hmm. clearly, I mean, we're salespeople. Yeah. And the better, faster, more appropriately we respond, the the more yeah. opportunity that comes our way. So yeah. um, I think we're going to uh, wrap up today's episode. Mm -hmm. And then so tomorrow, for those that want to tune in for Kimberly on her uh, second episode, second. we're going to talk about the four number four in our, our top five tips. So thank you, Kimberly Child. Appreciate you. Thanks, guys. Happy Thursday. This is Agent Truth, the solution, putting the consumer first. And clearly, Kimberly is putting the consumer first by yes. responding and being a precrastinator, not a post or procrastinator. Procrastinator. Thank you, Kimberly. Got it.